From the BYU Broadcasting Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. You're in for a treat this hour. We're featuring musicians aged 7 to 17 from the Gifted Music School in Salt Lake City, Utah. The Gifted Music School was founded in 2008 by Eugene Watanabe and has received recognition and awards from the Salt Lake community as well as national attention from NPR's From the Top program. You may remember hearing their interview and performance with Bill McLaughlin from Exploring Music. Students concentrate on choir, solfege theory, music history, orchestra, masterclass training, and instrument instruction. It's a unique program in the U.S. and comparable to programs of the same name in Russia, China, Korea, Venezuela, and Japan. And it's appropriate today these gifted young musicians are playing music by another gifted young musician, Felix Mendelssohn, who composed his famous octet for strings when he was 16 years old. Not only was it a smashing success, but it established several patterns for most of the 19th century composers who followed him, like his returning to themes from earlier movements in the fourth and final movement to sum up the work. We'll hear two of those today in the course of our program, starting right now with the first movement of the octet in E-flat major, opus 20. Felix Mendelssohn, the performers are Shanae Anderson, Alden Durham, Rebecca Epperson, Chase Ferry, Kaylee Romrell, Ethan Sherman, Camille Stanley, and Will Yavornitsky.
first movement of the octet in E-flat major by Felix Mendelssohn. That was a live performance by young artists from the Gifted Music School of Salt Lake City. Eugene Watanabe is the director and founder of the Gifted Music School, an accomplished musician. His music career began while he was still a child and a teen growing up in the Salt Lake Valley. In his youth, he soloed with the Utah Symphony, won prestigious piano competitions, and he attended the Curtis Institute of Music and was the first student to ever graduate there with degrees in two instruments, piano and violin. He's performed throughout the U.S., Canada, and Europe and still regularly plays the violin and piano. Eugene, thank you for coming in with your group today. Thank you, Stephen, and um, it's a privilege to be here and an honor to be here, so a great fan of yours. (laughs) How many students are there altogether at the school? Right now, uh, between the full scholarship program, which you heard some of the students here today from that program, uh, the full scholarship program has about 30, 35 students, and we also have a preparatory program, which provides uh, affordable lessons with incredible faculty uh, for for, for the general community here in Salt Lake City and beyond. And uh, that program has probably close to 100 students now. So we're approaching 130, 150 students in the whole program. Well, congratulations on six years of your school going and, and still growing. Uh, what would you like to see eventually happen with the school? Is there an overall plan or are you doing that already right now? Yes, we're phasing in the program step by step. Our eventual goal, of course, is twofold. One, to provide a resource for the entire state um, uh, for young children and uh, a resource for them to be able to come and get wonderful, high-quality music education that has a, a standard based, uh, based on uh, a real uh, curriculum model. So uh, that's our first goal. Our second goal is to create a full scholarship program that will be a, a class-leading program in the country, a full-time music school program that will have academics and music combined. How do you choose your music for a group like this? Oh, it's actually easy. These, these kids that you hear today are uh, some of the hardest working kids from all over the state. I mean, if all the kids in the state worked as hard as they did here, I think our future is in good hands. <laughs> They're <laughs> truly exceptional students. They're wonderful students, not only in music, but in academics. Um, but as far as choosing their repertoire, it's easy because they work hard. We can basically choose anything. They're, uh, it's very easy to choose a repertoire for them. <laughs> I wonder what you listen for when you're hearing a, a performance that's already very polished like this. But I, I see you over there really scrutinizing. What are you listening for, the, the little details? I think that's the curse of being a teacher <laughs> <laughs> is because we, um, for me personally as a teacher, and I love to teach. I'm passionate about teaching. Uh, I feel our future depends on educating the youth uh, in whatever we do, whether it's football or basketball or academics or music. If we don't educate our children, we lose our culture. (laughs) Um, So I'm very passionate about teaching, but the curse of the teacher is that um, we listen critically. We listen for ways to improve. Uh, Perfection is one of those goals that's like a mirage. You get closer and closer to it, and then we realize that there's Heifetz who did everything better, (laughs) And, and, and so forth and so on. So that even though we attain for certain standards in performance, as we get closer to it, we realize that it's like another peak beyond it. So um, as I listen to these group, of course, I celebrate the wonderful uh, things that they have accomplished. But on the other hand, I feel, oh, they can do so much more. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. We're going to hear some more music right now. In fact, we're going to be hearing uh, for two other performers, Brie Fotheringham, violin, and Kano Yoshigi, piano, as they perform Sonata No. 2 for piano and violin in A major by Ludwig von Beethoven. 
We've just heard two young artists from the Gifted Music School of Salt Lake City, Brie Fotheringham, violin, Kana Yoshigi, piano, and they've been performing Sonata Number no. 2 for piano and violin in A major. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. You're listening to Highway 89. Ethan Sherman is a violist in the group. Ethan, how long ago did you start at this school? Um, I actually just joined last year. It was my first year, so this is my second year. And how has that affected your playing that, that year? Um... Well, I guess because all the other students were so good, it motivated me to practice a lot more. <laughs> so so from, from how much to how much did you go? Uh, about an hour and a half to, it's not as much right now because I'm busy with school, but over the summer I was doing four hours a day usually. And is that what you would expect to get to the level you're playing? Is, is that expected of anyone who goes to the school? Yeah, <laughs> you should practice hard. I mean, don't over practice, but you should be practicing as hard as you can. Uh, and I understand you're also about to graduate. You're heading to college and, and coming to BYU. That's cool that you'll be here on campus. Yeah. Uh, what advice do you have for uh, kids who are studying string instruments? Um, practice slowly. <laughs> it's probably the most important thing. <laughs> I mean, you really have to fall in love with it because, honestly, I, it was it was more recently, but I just really started falling in love with my instrument more, and it made me more motivated to practice. So. <laughs> Practicing slowly, so much patience it takes to make yourself do that. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderfully done. Ethan, thank you very much. Ethan's a violist in the octet that we heard today. Uh, next, we're going to speak with Camille Stanley. And I wonder how, how young you were when you got your first violin. I was four years old. And is this something your parents said, here, you're going to be doing this, or were you begging to please oh, no. play it? Age three, I was begging to play violin. How did you even know that that was a possibility? You know, I honestly have no idea. I just, I guess I heard it on the radio and I just loved it. Beautiful instrument. How many, how many sizes of violins did you go through as you were growing up? Uh, I want to say five about. Mm-hmm. Yep. And was that a big adjustment each time or do you just quickly find where the positions should be? For me, it was a big adjustment. It got some getting used to. <laughs> I wonder if you have a favorite composer that you play. You know, I really like Brahms a lot. I like Saint-Saëns and Foray recently. I've played some Foray, and I really enjoyed that. Well, I want to ask you this, kind of the same question, because I'm hoping to inspire young people who are listening. So o- over the course of your time, how has your practicing gone? Is it pretty consistent? Yeah, it's been pretty consistent. I, I know years. I'm totally putting you on the spot right now. <laughs> you know, there's some days I definitely don't want to practice, but I just make myself get up and go do it. And everybody takes individual lessons as well as the ensemble, right? right? Mm-hmm. So I know your teacher can tell if the practice has been put in oh, or not. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Thank you so much for coming in, Camille. We Thank appreciate you. it. It's beautifully played. Thank you so much. Uh, we're going to hear again from Kana Yoshigi. She, she gets a gold star for double duty today. She was accompanying the last number. I guess it was more of a duet when it's Beethoven, but she'll be performing a solo now of a devilishly difficult piece by Hungarian composer George Sándor Ligeti. And this is his etude number 13, The Devil's Staircase.
We've just heard Kano Yoshigi performing The Devil's Staircase, L'Escalier du Diable. And even though he was Hungarian, the composer actually, really, truly was born in Transylvania. I don't know if that has anything to do with the title or <laughs> the piece here. I'm Stephen Cat Perry. Today we have young artists from the Gifted Music School of Salt Lake City in the studio. Megan Mason is assistant conductor of the Gifted Music School. She has a doctorate from the University of Colorado at Boulder, a master's from the Juilliard School, and her bachelor's degree from the University of Michigan. Her various awards and prizes from competitions and conferences are too numerous to mention in the time we have, but they include being the founding violist of the Tesla Quartet, and as recently as 2013, she was a prize winner at the Bordeaux International String Quartet Competition. Dr. Megan Mason, Megan, thank you for coming in today. Thank you for having us. <laughs> when your students are performing at this level, uh, and, and you're sitting there and you've worked with them like this, I, do you feel like you're almost on stage yourself? I think I'm more nervous than when I'm on stage myself, <laughs> actually. <laughs> and you have a lot of experience being on stage. I do. <laughs> I wonder if, uh, I've always wondered when voice teachers are, are teaching vocal students, they often have to say, no, you're doing this, and they, they show. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that hurts their voice. How does it affect your performance as a soloist or ensemble member when you're constantly teaching? Oh, my performance level goes way up. Really? <laughs> because we let ourselves get away with things as we get older. I think that in our performing, we, we, we get a little lazy sometimes. And so when you're telling your students, all right, it needs to be here on the, on the instrument. We need to be close to the bridge. We need to do this. We need to vibrate continuously. We need, you know, all these things that we bring up in lessons and in rehearsals. You know, you don't want to be a hypocrite. So <laughs> your own practice starts, you start noticing more the things that you're letting slide. And I think... It's so it's been so good for me this year having you know having these incredible musicians to work with and and listening in a different way to my own playing. Mm. Well, I want to ask a question. I probably should have asked our, our two members of the of the ensemble that were here before, but to do something like they are doing is a trade-off. I mean, there's a certain amount of video gameage that doesn't get game there's a certain amount of tv that doesn't get watched and all of that do you what do you have a feeling that it's it's a a worthwhile exchange for them all the the other things they may be trading off i think it's more than worthwhile <laughs> there's something about participating in music that touches a part of us and, and universally that is really hard to understand but is absolutely essential for every culture <laughs> from the dawn of time, basically. And it's, it's, it's an amazing tradition to be a part of. And there are, I mean, the participation, learning to play an instrument, learning the discipline, hearing things in a different way, it bleeds over into every pursuit that, that, we, that we look into in our lives. You learn that discipline, you learn to listen, you learn to work together to communicate with, verbally and non-verbally. Those are so amazing I mean, those are such amazing things to be a part of that it it can't help but help mm. in every other part of our lives. Well, we're going to hear the fourth and final movement of the Mendelssohn Octet that we started off the, of the show with. And I wonder if you'd tell us just a little bit about this. What I remember is that it, it's a fugue of eight different parts. Everybody gets their own part. It's not even the double quartet at that point. Mm -hmm. Mendelssohn was really showing off for this. <laughs> and, you know... The, you know, what what's really close to my heart, I'm a violist, mm -hmm. and I, I really am a violist. And I love that Mendelssohn, when he played it, 
uh, he chose to play the second viola part because there's this amazing thing about being in the middle of all these voices. And every single voice is important. There are no greater or lesser parts, in, especially in this fugue. And so it's just this incredible opportunity to, to communicate with each other in a really unique way. Dr. Megan Mason, thank you. Assistant Conductor of the Gifted Music School. We're going to hear this fourth movement now of the Mendelssohn uh, E-flat major octet, his opus 20. The marking on this is Presto.
the final movement, the fourth movement of Mendelssohn's Octet in E-flat major performed live. I'm Stephen Cap Perry, and uh, that was quite a performance. Uh, Eugene Watanabe is the director and founder of the Gifted Music, Music School. That must make you proud to hear how they do. Oh, they, they work so hard, and uh, uh, we, we have an amazing faculty. of uh, They're not even uh, uh, staff, they're, they're colleagues, and they're, they're all... Uh, the staff at the school are, are each and every one of them are fantastic musicians, and it takes an entire team. But these kids work incredibly hard, so um, many of them are essentially at professional level, so uh, they, they work that hard. You mentioned when we talked at the top of the show that you could choose just about anything for these guys, and you have. <laughs> yes, Tell us about this next piece you're going to play. Um, the next piece that they're going to play is um, going to be an encore piece that uh, they've played uh, during the year. Uh, it's by one of the, the, the transcription was done by our uh, wonderful staff, Megan Mason did the transcription for this. But uh, this piece is, um, was performed by possibly one of the greatest performers of all time. Uh, he had an incredible sense of rhythm, which is rhythm is music. <laughs> it's Michael Jackson's Smooth Criminal, and I'm not going to attempt to say that with any sort of accent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This was the seventh single from Michael Jackson's Bad album in 1987. It reached number seven on the Billboard charts, and we're going to hear it done here by nine string players from the Gifted Music School right now. Thank you. 
Michael Jackson's Smooth Criminal performed live on Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. That ends this hour of music. I know that there was bow hair being shredded on that last one. That was great. Our guests today have been young artists from the Gifted Music School of Salt Lake City with directors Eugene Watanabe and Megan Mason. Eugene, thank you for coming and bringing the talents of the Gifted Music School with us today. Well, thank you, Stephen. And I just wanted to say a quick thanks to Jackie Tateshi, who does incredible work. She puts over 100 of these programs. You're really become an institution here. Thank you. Thank you to Mark Way behind the glass over there. He has the most amazing toys. I love recording equipment. He has <laughs> amazing stuff here. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Stephen, for, for what you do and for what KBYE does to make this possible for everyone. It's really an amazing service. Our pleasure. And we want to thank all these artists from the Gifted Music School for coming and performing on Highway 89, as well as parents for carpooling and getting them here. For information about the Gifted Music School, visit the school's Facebook page or go to giftedmusicschool.org. We welcome your comments and questions about our show. To contact us, simply email us at highway89 at byu.edu. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. The recording engineer is Mark Waite and our terrific producer, Jackie Tataishi. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for listening. <laughs>